Hello? Anyone there? I can't hear anything. Hey, can you hear me now? Hello? Is this Lewis? Okay, Lewis, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay, great. Yes, I... Let's start with Lewis. Yay! Okay, Lewis, go ahead and ask <laughs> questions. I don't know what's wrong with the system. I'm sorry. I don't know. Yeah, okay. That's what I figured because they took me on and off hold a couple times and I wasn't sure uh, uh, if there was anything happening in there or not. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah I, I guess um, I didn't really have a question, but I guess I could ask a question, you know, because I, I, <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Um, do you, would you happen to know when the last day to submit the leads in for the uh, Quick Start Real Estate School I believe it's tomorrow. I, I, just, I guess I just wanted to make sure. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, All right. That's, that's what I heard a student tell me today, that it was the last day was tomorrow. Hopefully it's not too late. If you can get them in tonight, I would do that. Okay, excellent. I can give you the number for customer service, and it's 888-840-8389. Awesome. Okay, I think I've got it. That is perfect. Okay. Perfect. Well, get some reason <laughs> so that they can get called, okay? All right, oh, yeah. so awesome. is that the only question? No, that, that, was, that was it for me. <laughs> okay, great. I'm going to go on to the next caller. So I got somebody from Hamilton, Ohio. Can you hear me? Yeah, hi Barbara. This is Diane. I am uh, actually looking at doing my potentially first um, wholesale deal. Maybe I just talked to someone this week, and I'm just learning everything. So I was wondering um, which, because I, I just got my book and I'm going through, you know, the um, the book, the stuff that oh, I forget what it. <laughs> Ron's class that I bought. <laughs> Pretty homes business, but um, I wanted to make sure I have the right form to if I do a wholesale deal, and also if I should put that in um, trust, a land trust. Well, um, there's only one form for buying, and that's the purchase and sale agreement. Well, not one. I mean, you could do an option, but to buy it, you want to get it under purchase and sale agreement. It's just how you fill out the contract. Obviously, if it's wholesaling, I'm assuming that the seller wants cash, so you fill it out appropriately. And then um, you would have a choice. You, you can just, um, obviously, if you're wholesaling, you're trying to flip it, and then you can just assign it. When you get your end buyer, you can use the assignment form and assign it. Or, of course, you can go ahead and purchase it and then um, pass it on to a wholesaler, but you don't want to have to close twice if you don't have to. 
And then you would not necessarily want to put it in a land trust if you're going to flip it right away and not close on it. But um, uh, so if you've got somebody lined up to buy it, then uh, the best thing to do is to just to use the assignment form, providing you don't have a huge spread, because when you use the assignment form, then your buyer's going to know how much you paid for it. Sometimes that can detour them and think, gosh, I'm not going to pay that much if you're making that much, but that's obviously the best way to go. Okay, so if I don't use the assignment form, what would I use? Well, you would still, if you don't use the assignment form, meaning you don't have your buyer lined up when you go to close it, then you would have to close it and find your end buyer. Okay, so if I use the assignment form, then you're saying the buyer is going to know what I paid for it. Yeah. If you've got somebody already lined up to close it, you know, you can then just assign it and then you assign the same purchase and sale agreement that you filled out. Okay, got you. But since I don't have anyone specific lined up now, I would have to use the assignment form. I couldn't just assign the um, purchase and sale agreement. No. Is that what you're saying? No, if you don't have somebody lined up, you're going to go have to go ahead and purchase it. You're going to have to go ahead and purchase it when it's time to close. If you don't have somebody lined up for the closing date to buy it, then you'd have to go ahead and purchase it, and then you would have to sell it. So you would have to close again. Okay, got you. So it's probably best if I have somebody lined up to buy it, and then I could just assign that purchase and sale agreement. Yeah, if there's just a little bit of spread there, you can. You can do that. And how do I, how exactly, since this is my first potential deal, how exactly would I assign that purchase and sale agreement if, if I do a quick close like that? That's the easy part. There's an assignment form in the Gold Club, and it's just a one-page document that says you're going to assign it and get a consulting fee. And so, therefore, you're going to assign the contract exactly as you filled out to the new buyer, for a price, and then you're going to get an assignment fee. So the contract will be – you're assigning that exact contract over, and you just list it as a consulting fee, and the title company will know to give you that amount of money at closing, and it will process that way. Okay, got you. So I can use the that assignment Did I lose you? Okay. Got you. Okay. Well, thank you for explaining it. I did not know that there was an assignment form on the Gold Club. I know there's so much on the Gold Club. So I will look at that. So that sounds like the best way to do it um, if I have a buyer lined up. So, okay. Well, that's yeah. what I will do. And you say, when you said don't close twice if I don't have to, um, so can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, that means you're going to assign it if you've got a buyer lined up. When you go to the closing table, you're going to um, have the seller and the buyer all at the same transaction, basically, meaning the title company will take care of that, and you're just assigning it. And the, the sell, the, your buyer is going to close with your seller, and you're just assigning it and getting an assignment fee in the middle where you're not having a double closing and paying double closing costs as you being the buyer and then closing as you being the seller. Oh, got you. Okay. But if I use that assignment form, wouldn't they still know how much my fee would be? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
the, the buyer will know how much you paid for the property. So like I said, if there's just a little bit of spread there, that's the best way to go about it. And you should have your buyer lined up at closing. You should be marketing for your buyer ahead of time at close to close when your closing date is. Okay, got you. So, and then if I just assign that purchase and sale agreement, you're saying that nobody's going to know how much I make? No, I did not say that. I said that if you do assign it using the assignment form, then it will show what you, your purchase price is. If you go ahead and close it, um, the contract that you got with your seller and go ahead and close it, and then... Um, and then you do a different closing with your buyer, then your new buyer's not going to know. Well, I mean, they can find out, but they're not going to know from that transaction what you paid for it. But I would so, still have to pay, do a double, pay for a double closing if I did it that way. Correct. Okay, okay. Well, all right. Well, thank you so much because I definitely needed some clarification on that. Thank you so much for the explanation. I appreciate it, Barbara. You're welcome. Good luck on your deal. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Okay. Who's in the queue? Hi, Barbara. It's Tom Lynette from Matthews, North Carolina. I'm sorry. I can't hardly hear you. Can you speak a little bit louder? Okay. It's Tom and Lynette from Matthews, North Carolina. Hi, Tom and Lynette. I had two quick questions. Uh, is the customer service number 888-840-8389? Correct. Okay. My second question is, I'm coming to the master's retreat and submitting Yay! some leads. For the, yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh, submitting some leads for them to work on. What format is the easiest? Do I scan and send the sheets or just send the information in by memo? What's the best way for me to do that to make it easier on them? Well, you're just going to attach the lead sheets in an email that you're going to send them. Actually, um, did they send you instructions with the email of w when they sent it to you how to submit the leads? They probably gave you an email to submit them to. So you would just no, email them and attach them as an attachment. No, I, we were just sending them to Delore, she's our VIP. Dolores, okay, but how are you? How did they ask you to send them via email? They have, well, other than email, but they haven't said scan them and send them in, or just send them in by data, or so that's what I was trying to clarify. What format was do they prefer? Well, as long as they get them in an email or if they gave you a fax number to fax them, that's fine too. I really don't know. I don't work at Global, so I don't know the exact instructions they gave you to submit them. But if you'll go back to the refer, and refer back to the email, then they'll um, tell you how to submit them either by email or fax or either. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Barbara. Looking forward to seeing you there. Yeah, you too. I'm excited. Okay, let me go on to the next caller. Okay, you guys got to get in the queue by hitting uh, star six. Star six to get into the queue so that I can uh, answer any questions that you have. Is there anybody else in the queue now?
Okay, guys, there's a lot of people logged in, so I need to hear your questions. Let me, anybody there? Okay, we got somebody, yay. Who's in the queue? Real pro. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Hello? 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 Do you have your phone on mute? Hello? Hello? All right, let me try going to the next. Hang in there if you're in the queue. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but it's not picking up. So let me hit next, see if I can take the next person. Okay. You there? Hello. Hi. Uh, Who's up? Hey, there we go. So hello, Barbara. This is Mike from Boulder, Colorado. How are you? I'm great. Happy Valentine's Day, Mike. Thank you, and you as well. So my question is about um, what you're seeing out there that is working well in marketing. I'm just getting ready to do some marketing campaigns and deciding whether I want to do direct mail, whether I want to do pay-per-click, bandit signs. What, what are you seeing out there um, generally that, that is working right, right now? Well, you always want to get the sellers contacting you if possible. It means you want to have a presence. So if you've got a website, Google AdWords are great. That's working really well to get the sellers contacting you. And you can do it yourself, or you can have a done-for-you campaign. Uh, there is someone named Jason Drone. He does a done-for-you yep. campaign for Google AdWords. I can give you his contact information if you're interested in that. And he's Yep, I've awesome. already got that. Okay, perfect. So you got his contact, but for the rest of the people out there for the benefit of that, since I brought it up, and they're going to be saying, well, how? <laughs> so that would be Jason Drone, Jason at LevelingUpLLC.com, and that's L-E-V-E-L-I-N-G-U-P-L-L-C.com, and his number is 814-315-3121. So you can do Google AdWords, and then um, you can be, have a presence on Facebook, and you want to do post, uh, wanted three-bedroom, two-bath home, nice neighborhood, no realtors, please. Uh, you can do ads on Facebook. Now, Ron has created a great Facebook video that explains terms and Tony's done the voiceover for it. You just need to add your contact information. That's great to use. So marketing, you always want to take advantage of all the free stuff first and social media too. You want to put ads on Craigslist and Nextdoor, and you can advertise on Adland Pro, A-D-L-A-N-D-P-R-O.com. There are, I mean, other sites but like classifiedads.com. So you want to do that. You want to rotate your 
your Craigslist ads have maybe a couple of accounts so that you got an ad in every day. You um, want to, as far as marketing, in some areas signs work really well. So you put your signs out on Friday evening and pick them up Sunday morning. You can get um, uh, field agents looking for, for signs for you. This can include your friends, your relatives, the mailman, the bug out guy, anybody that's driving around, they can be your field agents. You could put lettering on your field agent's car that says full price for your home and a phone number. If you have something like Pat Live or you have the Dreams website which has um, profit dial phone numbers that are computer generated, you could have different numbers assigned to different field agents so when they're driving around they have a dedicated number and when the call comes in you know that it's for that field agent. So you could pay them accordingly and offer them referral fees. And there is for marketing, Ron suggests a program called Deal Finder. To find out more information, you can go to ronlegrand.com forward slash deal finder. And there's yellow letters, and but yellow letters are expensive, but your whole goal is to target motivated sellers. And of course, you've got the Gold Club leads. So you want to be marketing all the time and trying to get sellers calling you. And you can also call Facebook Marketplace for houses for sale. Awesome. I lose you? <laughs> still there, Mike? I'm still here. Yeah, still here. Okay. Those are some great suggestions. What was that phone number again okay. for Jason, by the way? Sure. Let me look that up again just a moment. Jason Drone has a done-for-you uh, Google AdWord campaign that um, he helps you. You don't have to use him, but he has a done-for-you system. His phone number is 814-315-3121. He also has a system that he can provide for you too if you want to do it on your own or you could do your own. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you. You are so welcome. Any other questions? Okay. I'm going to go on to the me. next caller. Okay, great. Okay. Next caller, whoever's in the queue. Hi, Barbara. Okay, it's Diane again. I, I thought of something else. before I hung up too quickly. When we were talking about okay. the wholesale deals, you said uh, the way you explained it was great. You said if I don't, if there's a small spread um, in the price, I guess I should ask you what you mean by that. What would you consider a small spread? Well, I'm not exactly sure. Ask yourself, Diane, if you were the buyer and you saw the seller making a huge amount of money, would it kind of make you a little nervous to say, gee, I'm not giving you that much profit and want to negotiate with you? So I don't really know what to tell you is a huge spread. So um, it's common to make 10000 on assignment, fifteen, twenty. Um, I don't know in this market, maybe 25. I'm not sure what's going to make a buyer have red flags. So um, just kind of use your judgment on that. But likely if it's a wholesale deal, 
unless you've got the killer deal negotiated with your seller, then you know you're not talking huge profits that you're going to pass on to you know that you're going to make on a wholesale deal because the wholesale deal is usually a deal that you're getting um, maybe from another investor, maybe because it needs a lot of work. So do you see my point? Oh, sure, yeah. Because I know this one needs some work, and the, the buyer knows that. Um, okay. or the seller, of course, knows that. But I know Ron okay. always says try to get a minimum of $10,000 for a wholesale deal. So I wouldn't right. sure. That's why I say a $10,000 wholesale consulting fee would be fine. And I don't know at what point the buyer's going to say, gee, that's a lot. I don't know that I want to pay that much and try to negotiate with you. So, right, because the property is probably only worth about 65000 but I'm just now doing um, my research on it, so it wouldn't well, be huge. Yeah. But so no, it, you won't have to worry about it. Just do uh, it. Okay, and then to assign the P&S agreement, the purchase and sale agreement, that's what the closing agent would do. Well, you fill out the assignment form and the closing agent is going to take care of it. You'll see the assignment form couldn't be any clearer. It'll just say, I'm assigning this for a consultant fee of X. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay, good. I'm going to look at that on Gold Club tomorrow. Okay. Thank you again so much, Barbara. You're welcome. Okay. Who's up next in the queue? Next caller, please. Hello. Yeah, I don't Hello. know who it was. I know I, I asked a question, but. Okay. You're up. <laughs> I'm up then? Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. So I had, I had a question about a scenario okay. that I encountered that I was wondering if I could. First, can I have, have your help. name? Can yes, I have your name? Lewis yeah, Lewis Candelaria. Oh, Great. Hello. <laughs> okay. So this is it. I was um, calling back uh, a seller that my VA had called, um, and he had an asking price of six thirty nine. Um, my comps were in between six sixteen six eighty one. Um, when I got him on the phone and I was talking with him, he um, he was telling me. He wanted, um, you know, the 639 and asked him, you know, how low could he go? And he said he was pretty much there. But I told him, I said, you know, if, um, what if I, you know, uh, can give you, um, you know, can give you your monthly payments. I went through the, through the, uh, the, the million dollar script and he said he couldn't do that. And I, and then I remember that Lynette always asked them, okay, well, you know, they're basically wanting cash. And then I asked him, I said, you know, how much, if I give you cash, how much would you accept if I gave you all cash? And he threw out a price of five seventy nine. Um, and he said he if he could get cash and he got five seventy nine, he said he would sell it right right then and there. So I wasn't sure what to make out of it. I, I didn't call him back. I just told him, Okay, I'd run some numbers and I'd give him a call back and I'm not sure Tell me again, uh, Lewis, what you said your comps were. Um, I had comps between 616 and 681, so as high as 681. Okay, those aren't really comps, I don't think. Uh, they can't be that variable. A comp is 
Um, I, what is I see what you're saying, in right. the area? Pardon me? Yeah, yeah, no, you, you got, you're right. I actually, um, so I actually have a, a license out here in California as well. And so actually all I did was, I don't know if you guys have this out there in Florida, but it's called um, RPR, Realtors Property Resource. Yeah. And oh, okay, so you, you know how you put your address in or an address in there and it gives you a range. And that's actually what I, right. all I did. I actually just remember that I actually didn't look for a specific comp for the property. Okay, so RPR can be tricky. I'm also a licensed agent in the state of Florida, and it gives you ratings, a one-star, five-star, as far as the accuracy of the information. And right. that can't be comp. So you took a glance at it like you would a Zillow, but that's not comp. So when you got the range like that, then you got to do your homework, and you got to go in there and figure it out, because it's just telling you the solds in the area. So you are going to have to go back and do comps because that's too big of a gap between 616 and 681. And you don't right. just take an average. You go in and you look. You're an agent. You know how to do comps. So um, I yes. can't really answer that until you tell me what the comps are. So Ron's suggesting that in this market that you, if you can get them at 80% of the R, of the after repair value, and then again, some of them 616s may be one that needs to be rehabbed, and maybe not, or maybe that 616 is not on the water and that 681 is on the water. So too much variable. You've got to figure out what's more accurate of a comp what's, uh, or what's an, an after repair value. And so... If he's asking 689, we don't know really what it's worth in the beginning. What's his estimate on it by by chance? Um, estimate. Let me see if I wrote it down because I actually don't even think I wrote that down. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't write that down. Let me see if I can pull up maybe as we're talking as you're giving me the info. Um, okay. So basically then what you want to do, because um, we're guessing right now until we know the numbers, but go find out what the true after repair value is and take 80% of that, but make sure that it doesn't need repairs. So I was talking to Ron the other day, and he had mentioned that in this market you could pay 80%. I'll tell you what his formula used to be or what it is still. <laughs> Anything over 300000 the formula for most amount you'd offer, the Mayo would be 80% of the after-repair value minus repair cost. But now he's saying that in order to pay this 80% cost right now, you'd want to be looking for houses that don't need repair. So you'd certainly want to minus the repair cost, but um, that would be your formula. So you need to get an accurate after-repair value and, and then get 80% of that. Now, in this crazy market, if yours is anything like ours is, if you can get it somewhere around that and even get it under contract and maybe assign it or find an end buyer before you have to close on it, if it's close to that or you know a little more than that, you'd be surprised how many buyers there are, there are out there in this crazy market that you could still get and get under contract and assign it that they're going to be closing before you have to close. So that's possible, but to actually close on it, that's your formula. Okay, yeah, and I appreciate all that info because that totally makes sense. 
I just looked up the Zestimate, and it has it as six sixty three hundred. Is that the medium? Is that the one number six sixty that it says yeah, the Zestimate is? Okay. Yeah. Well, let me tell you guys about Zillow. Six sixty is the Zestimate. That's important to know because um, now Zillow is not comps. They don't even right. know how they get their algorithm. So what they do is they take an average, and that makes kind of sense because 660 is in between 681. So if you look at the real Zestimate, if you go down to the Zestimate, if you scroll down a little bit, not just the number that pops up at the top, and you look at the real Zestimate, it's going to give you an average between one number and another number. And so um, you can't rely on this Zestimate and that's another thing, guys. People put these houses on the market and they just figure they've just picked a zestimate, and the zestimate's usually always low. So you know that it's really worth more than that. So don't use the zestimate or you'll make a mistake there in calculating the value. So if the zestimate's six sixty and it's a pretty house and it's nice, then you'll probably find your comps are going to be more than that. So your formula's got to be on the number that's the true comp times 80%, so you could very well be um, the cash price. So if we took 660, for example, just that number times 80%, then you got 528. He's asking 579, but you might find that your comp, that 660 is really low. So I don't know. 681 um, times 80% is 544.8. You're really close, and you might get them down lower. And in in this case, there's so much spread there of the 579 and the and 681 that in this crazy market, like I told you, that there's so many buyers out there. I don't know where you're at, but there's so many buyers out there looking for houses too that you could very well get this under contract and find an end buyer that could actually cash out before you even had to close and make a spread. I see. Okay. Okay, Before cool. you even had to worry about coming up with private money is what I meant. Right, right. Yeah, because that would be um, expensive. Okay. Cool, okay. I guess I just got to get over that fear, too, of, of putting it under the contract. <laughs> When uh, Ron well, says, listen, you, if you put it under the contract, Ron takes the risk out of it for you guys. If you put it under contract and you do it the way Ron tells you and you got a $100 binder, all you're losing is $100 and you got to have some boldness in this market. Guys, you got to get out there. You got to not be afraid. All you're risking is your $100 deposit. My goodness, right. I'm sure you'll find a buyer for a whole lot more than that if it doesn't need repairs. But you know, when he comes down that quick, you better find out what repairs does it need. Maybe there's a reason, or maybe he's just a motivated seller, and you need to jump on it. Right. He sounded kind of like somewhat motivated in the sense that he said when 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 I was probing him for um, uh, um, down payment, uh, he said he needed all the money because he was going to be purchasing a bigger home. Um, after selling this one, and I asked him, I said, "What, you know, what, um, you know, what price range would you be looking at, um, you know, if you're going to be getting a bigger home?" And he said, "Probably close to about a million or something like that." Okay. 
Well, then he'll take it because he wants to move on and he's motivated. And I'll tell you, it's easier to get these bigger deals than the smaller deals because they're not nickel diamond you to death. <laughs> right. <laughs> they can afford right. not to. So there you go. Right. Uh, Good luck with that. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to take that information and run with it. Um, don't be afraid that. to try. If you don't try, you will never get anywhere. Just try it. You'll be surprised. And guess what? You get it under contract. And you find these buyers, and maybe you don't find the buyer quite what you want. You can go back to the seller and say, look, you know, I, I, I can't give you this, but I got this, and I can close now. And I bet you he, he reduces his price when it's close to closing. Right. Right, right. You guys okay. got to jump out there and not be afraid to take some action and make something happen. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think that's more of what it was on this one. I was just kind of – once I knew he was willing to drop that much, I think I just it was just that fear of kind of going forward, and and I think the the fear of maybe what all the students have is that they put it on the contract and then you know nothing happens. So so what? You lost a hundred bucks. Right. Yeah, that's what Ron says. Um, <laughs> just do it. All right. right. Good luck. Bye bye. I appreciate it, Barbara. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, who's up next in the queue? You guys got to hit um, star six to be entered into the queue. I'm waiting for the queue to, for somebody to speak. <laughs> uh, so get in the queue. Star six, get in the queue, guys, and speak. I guess if nobody's asking a question, I can ask you something else. Okay. Is, is that okay for me, Barbara? Yeah, go ahead and ask another quick question. Nobody's jumping in the queue. If you're, if you're going to um, ask a question, please do that now, guys. Put star six. Go ahead, Lewis. I was just going to ask you, um, what, what are you guys seeing with the market? Um, our market's just as crazy as Florida because, you know, everything's selling super quick. And, and I was just curious as to maybe, um, what you guys are hearing from other top level people that you guys hang out with. <laughs> yes. Houses are selling quick. It's pretty much like that all over. It's not going to last but there's still motivated sellers out there and there's still a lot of investor deals to be made. There's still people that need to sell and um, there's still a lot of motivated sellers and you gotta find this business has always been about motivated sellers, not people that just want to sell. So don't let your bubble get burst by just seeing uh, for sale by owners. And I tell you guys, even a FISBO, even a Zillow lead, they're not always selling on this Zillow quickly so and for whatever reason I don't know but you still need to get out there and get these leads the more motivated the better right okay cool I appreciate that um, as a matter of fact I actually as a realtor put a deal together on a for sale by owner home that I'm, I'm certain if it would have been on the market it would have fallen off of there yeah. Well, I can tell you, I got a call last week. Somebody called me, hey, Barbara, 
I see you got the website for this and you do all this marketing. Um, I got a house for sale on Zillow and I can't get it sold and they wanted top dollar for it. They wanted absolutely top dollar and they wanted really more than it was worth and they didn't want to give it to me on terms. They weren't flexible at all. He wanted me to sell it for him and he couldn't sell it on Zillow on his own but I put it on the market and got it sold on the MLS. Well, I do a lot of marketing, but I got it sold in one day. Wow. And Yeah, one day, that day. I had multiple yeah. offers on it that day. <laughs> and then they backed out of the contract because the husband and wife couldn't get along. And then I put it back on there and I sold it. I immediately put it back on there and had it sold that same day again. And then they backed out again because they had a 60-pound dog. And so I put it back on there again, and I got a lot of offers. That was today, and I got a bunch of offers coming in. But, you know, just because something's on Zillow, that doesn't mean they're going to be able to sell it on their own. And I don't know for what reason. I have no idea. So you guys got to make an effort to make these calls. And the crappier looking it is on Zillow, the worse marketing they're doing, the better chances for you. And also, if it's high priced on Zillow to start with, and often these sellers, they lower it a little and market themselves out. They lower it a little more and market themselves out, and they chase away all the people that had called them initially. <laughs> so then they end up selling less than the value was. So don't get discouraged. Um, make it happen. Right. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Excellent. Appreciate the feedback. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Let me take the next caller here. Okay. Who else is in the queue? All right. I'm doing my part. I'm hitting the next button. Um, nobody's in the queue. You guys don't have any answer or any questions for me? Are you just listening? I'm here for you. Taking questions. Hit star six. Can somebody get in the queue anyway, whether you have a question or not, so I can test to make sure it's working? Somebody hit star six. Raise your hand. <laughs> somebody hit star six and get in the queue. It says the queue's empty. All right, Hamill. I'm going to take you and see if it'll work. Okay, guys, you're testing it. All right. So, um, Hamill, do you have a question or are you just testing it for me? Both. No, testing it. Happy Valentine's Day, Barbara. Thank you. You too. At least I know it's working, so that's great. Thank you. I'm going to take the next caller. So now if you got questions, guys, I want you to get in the queue I mean, I'm here for you, but if I don't have anybody asking questions, then I'm going to end the call pretty soon. So I'm going to take the next caller. Now is the chance to get in the queue. Okay, next caller, you're up. Hey, Barbara's Derek and Felicia. How you doing? Happy Valentine's Day to you. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Good We're talk. doing well. Good talk to you. Awesome. Hey, you too. We had a question for you then. With the market being so hot and we're in the North Carolina area, what is the um, best marketing to do right now, direct mail or uh, Facebook or just any suggestions? 
Well, were you on the call the whole time? No, I just went about 10 minutes ago. I was working out earlier. Oh, my goodness. You just missed my whole spiel of everything. Oh, sorry. I've <laughs> Um, the best thing that's working the best is Google AdWords. So if you got a website, and I believe you do, yeah, we do then yeah. you want to um, get some Google AdWords out there. Jason Drone has a done-for-you system that can do it for you or you can do it yourself. But you want sellers calling you. Always did. Always will. You're not brick and mortar, so people can't walk through the front door. Yeah. So they want to find you. Want them finding you. So Google AdWords would be great. I can give you Jason Drone's phone number. You can contact him, and it is um, eight one three. Sorry, eight one four three one five three one two one. So that would be a great way is Google AdWords and be out on the internet for people to find you. Uh, you're establishing a business. You're trying to get your word out there and you want to be a big fish in a small pond and get people noticing you. And when they see you on Google, if they Google um, house buyers or whatever they Google, then your name comes up. So you can do Facebook posts and Facebook ads you with demographics and um, you said the marketing to do. Obviously you're doing whatever you need to do to get to motivated sellers. You know the basics. You know the basic yes. ones to do. So those are great. There's Deal Finder, ronlegrand.com forward slash Deal Finder. And then there is um, programs that you can buy like PropStream that's not very expensive and other software and databases and such that uh, to get some motivated leads. There Deal Finder you can get for two or $300 a month. You can get five zip codes and they provide some motivated leads for you, like out-of-town owner vacant where you can send a postcard out to one uh, person or your whole list. And then, of okay. course, there's yellow letters. So you got to get to market the, um, the motivated sellers out there. And I'm thinking right now in this situation, a lot of places have moratoriums on the foreclosures. But, you know, somebody that's passed a probate lead, they don't have anybody in the house. They don't have any motivation to stay right. in the house. They want to sell. So I would think that pre-probate leads would be really great. And as I uh, mentioned to you guys, if you've got a, an attorney in your area that um, does probate leads, contact him. I've got one here in Jacksonville that I even introduced okay. to Ron that he can do. Um, all you'd pay is the court fees, but you don't have to pay for the probate case until after it's done. So you can always market with somebody in your area, and that's double incentive for you to tell your sellers that, hey, I'm going to pay for the probate charges. So you sell to me and I'll take care of that. And all you're paying is upfront court costs. So you got to okay. think outside the box and you're always networking and you should always open your mouth and just ask everywhere you go, do you know anybody that needs to buy or sell a house? You got to ask. And, but as far as marketing, those would be the best methods for marketing. Okay. All right. Well, thank you.
And sounds good and good talking to you. It's been a while. You too. <laughs> so happy Valentine's Day to both of you. Thank you. All right. Hope to see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Who's the next caller in the queue? Lewis, you back? I, I was back, but I was actually just trying to let you know that I was here and that it worked. <laughs> so, but okay, it looks like uh, the gentleman who, who was there um, asked you the question. So, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. If you have questions, I'll answer it. I was t- having some tests because nobody was getting in the queue. I want to make sure that what I was doing was working. <laughs> I know. Because there is yeah. I could do that hit the next button. So I want to make <laughs> sure it was working and, uh, and, and all that. So do you have any more questions? Uh, I'm trying to rack my brain, but I, 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 I don't. Um, I, I don't have any questions right now. Maybe I'm just drawing a blank because I'm on the spot or something. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'm going to hit the next button. Thanks for testing it for me, and let's see if anybody else is in the queue. You got it. So there's some more of you logged in, Patrick and Deborah and Kenneth, and um, there's some more of you logged in. William, if you got a question, here's your chance. I'm here for you. No question's a stupid question, and this is your opportunity to get your questions asked. So I'm going to... Call once. This is like an auction. Going once. <laughs> Going twice. Anybody that would like to answer, ask a question, I'm going to hit next. All right. So um, you're up. Oh, boy. Well, you know, I, I hate to hog the limelight here, Barbara, but if nobody's going to ask another question, I'll jump in. Okay. So when you get um, – uh, uh, so when, you, when I'm calling FISBOs, a lot of times one of the first questions before they even feel comfortable talking to me is, are you a realtor? Um, I'm sure you've never run into that. And uh, yep. so my question to you is, you know, so obviously you are, and I'm thinking about, you know, I wonder if maybe I would get a license. Um, and if I do, then I'm just kind of curious, how do you handle those calls? How do you handle that part of the conversation to kind of put people at ease if, if they ask you that question? Well, I'd put it like this. So, you know, when you're a realtor, you're supposed to disclose that meaningful conversation. You certainly don't want to avoid that question and say, well, yes, John, I am a realtor, but I'm calling to buy your house and not just list it. But I, uh, you know, I'm sworn by the highest of credibility, so you're not going to hold that against me, are you? <laughs> and laugh, or I might not even say that at all, and then jump right into it. I'm calling to buy your house, not just list it. That's great. So when you that. tell them you. yes, I mean, honestly, you got to be real, and you know, they should. You should you try to make them feel more comfortable. Yes, I am, and I'm sworn by the highest of integrity. So they should be trusting you to buy their house, right? Because they know you're not going to take advantage of them. You've got to do things legal and ethical and moral and all that good stuff. Love it. Very cool. And letting them know up front, here's what you want to do when you go through all the terms questions. 
Well, John, what are you going to do with the house if you don't get all cash? And you guys should always ask that question because then you find out their motivation for doing terms or not. You find out their motivation and then you know whether to follow up with them or not. If they say, ain't no way, I'm not doing it, I'm not taking a payment, it's all cash or nothing, well, okay, you're done. Except for I'm never done. So then I ask the next question, well, um, you know, I ask them about the possibility of refinancing. But then you know your motivation. And then if they say, well, I don't know, if I can't get it sold, then I'm going to list it with the realtor. Well, then, so Mike, you come in, well, you know what, I'll be happy to um, come out and tell you how you can market your house and get it sold quickly. So as an agent, that was your in because they're going to do one of three things. They're going to sell to you as an investor. They're going to list it with a realtor or they're going to sell it on their own. I love that. That's great. Okay. That's a great presentation. Yeah. yeah, terrific. Thank you. So, I mean, um, walk in that. Um, use it. It's all about solving problems and, and asking the right questions. And by the way, you don't give up, guys. If it's not terms, then what is the least you'll take for cash? And if that doesn't work and they got a lot of equity, then you suggest them refinancing. And then you suggest what are you going to do if it doesn't? Get, you don't get all cash to see if there's any motivation to follow up because they said no now, but if they don't sell it, it's going to be yes. All right, Mike, good luck. Thank you. Okay, Van, you're up. Uh, hi. Hi, my name is actually Mike. Uh, Van is part of my last name. Apparently it shows up that way. <laughs> but anyway. Yes. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, cool. Uh, I am from Wisconsin, but I'm currently in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, but I had a question, quick question about uh, bankruptcy properties. Are they worth it? What's the best way to play with them? Or is there too much complication? Need to get an attorney involved? Or are those worth it or what? Well, absolutely. And they're very motivated seller leads, and I'll tell you why. Just because the seller does bankruptcy against the debt, the bank still going to come after them for the house. They don't get to keep the house. It's just a matter of time. They may have cleared the debt, but they're still going to have to either um, give the house back, sell it, do something, and because they don't get to keep it. So it's 50-50. Well, no, in bank, I'm thinking of divorce. In bankruptcy, yes. So you will have an attorney involved, and the bankruptcy has to get discharged. So while it's in the middle of the bankruptcy process, you've got to wait for the bankruptcy to be discharged. But yes, you can work with uh, the sellers and maybe even the trustee, the bankruptcy attorney, um, and you, that you can work with them. It may not be a quick sale because they are still in the process, but you build a relationship, you follow up, you let them know you're there, you let them know you can buy it, you can buy it quick or not, but you can buy it and you negotiate with them and they're very motivated seller leads because at some point, like I said, they have to do something with the house. Okay. Is that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is that a matter of doing a uh, purchase and sale agreement with the 
current owner who is in bankruptcy just to you know, have them signing something and then just wait it out until it's discharged, or what's the best play on that? If it's in the middle of it and it's not discharged, then you're going to want to talk to the bankruptcy attorney. You'll, you know, you'll they'll, they'll be get you'll be getting them involved. They'll, the sellers will be getting them involved, um, and and then it'll be discharged at some point. When it's discharged, then you can execute the purchase. Okay. All right. That's a great lead. They're very motivated. All right, Mike, any other questions? Uh, nope, it was just a general question because I figured if we dug into too many details, then it becomes deal specific, and that really wouldn't help people here or me because I don't have one currently. I just wanted to know if those were worth pursuing at this point. Absolutely. They're very motivated sellers. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, who's up next in the queue? Lewis, are you back? No, no, I'm not back yet, but did you want me to be back? <laughs> well, you're in a queue. That's why I asked. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> no, I didn't re, re go back in, but um yeah, I I um I, I was just absorbing, you know, the conversation that you were having. So I, I, I stop racking my brain for a question, although I kind of was trying to think of one, but I still can't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Who's no. up next in the queue? Oh, Billy. Hi, Billy. You there? Hello? Hello. Hey, Billy. How you doing? Happy Valentine's. <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing great. Okay. I have a quick question. Even though I'm down here in South Florida and I'm reaching out to other markets, um, what is your forte on these uh, different states that are jumping on the bandwagon to try to stop, you know, us wholesalers from doing wholesale deals? And um, where do you where do you see that going, and what's the best way to handle that? Because a lot of times we would want to do wholesale deals in these areas where these states are trying to basically outlaw it. <clears throat> well, if it ain't outlawed yet, then I wouldn't worry about it because you're going to get under contract and you're going to get it sold. So. Um, I don't know. I can't, I don't. That's above my pay grade to tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know. Know what states are going to do and what the legislation's going to do. Um, I, I don't know. Um, that might mm -hmm. be an ask Ron question. He may have a better pulse on it where it's going. But I would say if it's not illegal, then go for it. And I, I can't predict what's going to happen in the future. And so there's usually always a way around it. When there's new legislation passed, and there has been over years, things change, then there's usually always some way to get around it. Or not get mm -hmm. around it, I don't mean not abide by it. I mean some way to make it work and to continue doing business. All right, yeah. Yeah, because a friend of mine was telling me 
that uh, he's there in uh, Chicago, and he said the way he's doing his deals there, the wholesaling, uh, he's getting, um, what do you call those guys, transactional finder, and he actually closed on the wholesale deal, which would cost him a more and just do a double closing instead of an assignment exactly. because exactly. once he closed, he automatically uh, owned the house. That's right. So then it's just mm -hmm. not a wholesale deal. You bought it and you've sold it. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and he just factor in uh, his double closing cost as a business expense. That's right. It's got to be part of the mm -hmm. deal factored in to make whether the deal makes sense or not. Mm -hmm. And the next question I have, uh, what do you do in situations when you get a property under contract and <clears throat> all of a sudden uh, other wholesalers or cash buyers or I guess say um, people in general will go and offer the seller more money and then all of a sudden the seller call you and he want to not do the deal. And we all know common sense, uh, that meaning he's trying to get out of the deal to sell it to someone else. <clears throat> well, I don't understand why he'd offer the seller more money unless he's offering him more than what he's paying you. Yeah. I mean, why would he offer more than what he's paying you? Because he might as well just go through you. No, no, no. <clears throat> In other words, uh, when you get a home on the contract with the uh, seller, okay, l let's just say for $100,000, and then you know you got your 10-day uh, uh, inspection clause or whatever, however many days you get, and we'll say one week into the deal, uh, you know, the seller give you a call and say, you know, uh, we decide we don't want to sell the house. We're going to keep the house. Well, we can see right through that. We know what's going on. Somebody else came along and offered him a little bit more money. <clears throat> you, you never had a situation like that? Well, you're bound by a contract. Of course, enforcing a contract's another deal because another, uh, another thing because you'd have to get an attorney to enforce it. But um, they are bound by the contract. You just have to, uh, you, you know, use the attorney to enforce it. So you can, but it may not end up being profitable to enforce it. It's, you just got to look at everything individually. Mm -hmm. And there really isn't anything you can do about a situation like that, but try to um, go back and negotiate. But I don't have that happening very often. Mm -hmm. In fact, I don't think I've ever had that happen, that they go behind my back like that. You've never been to South Florida. <laughs> yeah. No, I've never been to South Florida. So <laughs> The only thing that Alrighty. you can do is to go ahead and close on the deal. Um, because you got a contract, I mean, you could force them to close, but it may be expensive with the attorney, and then it may be a suit. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it's going to be worth it. No, it won't be worth it because the only, the according to uh, say, 
the far bar contract here, the only uh, legal aspect you have is the one called specific performance. And to do the specific performance, and that calls for you got to hire an attorney and do all that rigmarole, and then for the for the little uh, I say five ten thousand dollar assignment fee, you know, and they're trying to wiggle the way their way out to to sell it Correct. to someone else is just not worth it. Correct. Right, and a and a seller can exit out of the contract. Anybody can exit out of the contract. They forfeit the binder, and there's not much there anyway. So it's not. You can't really enforce it that much. It's not going to mm. work out. All right. You got to try to build that relationship uh, um, so it's more solid. All mm -hmm. right. Good luck, Billy. Okay. Okay. Who's next? So, Barbara, I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, this is Annette, and I'm Annette McCullough. I'm out here in California, and I'm, <clears throat> I'm fairly new. And one of the problems that I'm getting is that the leads that I'm getting are, you know, they're in Los Angeles County, which is where I'm at, but they're all like two or three hours away. None of them are like in my neighborhood or even in my city. You know, they're, they're a long ways away. Is that really too far, or should I just resign myself to the fact that I'm going to be driving no matter what and just plan on it? Well, Ron likes you to do it in your own backyard as a newbie, but everything's so virtual now that that's not a problem. Sometimes you don't even need to be at the house. There's a lot of deals that are done remotely and, and virtually. So if it's vacant, that's going to make it that much easier because you can get it under contract, you can get um, and then find your end buyer and potentially have a buyer lined up before you close. Um, and so it can still work. So then you're still just going to have to drive down at least to see the property once and you're, if you're going to do any kind of an open house, I guess you could get the buyer online, but they're going to have to see the house before they buy it, right? Not so necessarily. In this, market, in this market, you'd be surprised how many people go under contract without seeing the house. You can get the seller to send you pictures and a video, and you can use that for marketing. It happens a lot. Oh, Okay. Okay. All right, thanks. You're welcome. Okay, who's up next? Anybody else in the queue? I'm here to answer questions. Anybody else have any questions? I'm going to say going once. If you want to get in the queue, hit star six, and I'm here for you. Nobody's in the queue yet. <laughs> I'm going to say going twice. If you want to ask questions, now's the time to raise your hand by hitting 
star six and get in the queue. So going twice, I'm going to say going three times, and then I'm going to end the call. So if you want to get in the call, now's the time. Hit star six. And I'm going to wait a few seconds here um, to see who's going to get in the call. Otherwise, I'm going to end it. You guys are welcome to jump on in there. I'll take some more questions for you. Okay, guys, I guess that means that's a wrap. Hope you all have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Keep doing deals. Get out there and make it happen. Take some massive action. Do it afraid if you have to, but just do it. So um, you guys have a good evening, and I'm going to say goodbye. Good night. Good night.